0: Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com.
1: I'm Khalil e. Colonna, and this is Nashville. When I moved to Nashville for this show, I was super hyped to check out the legendary live music scene, knowing that I would be in the Athens of the South. I could visit all the great colleges and universities here. And the food, can't forget the food. But the kicker was that Nashville is home to an NFL franchise. To call me a huge football fan is a bit of an understatement, but you can understand my level of excitement when I saw Nissan Stadium for the first time. Now, Nissan Stadium has seen some wear and tear since its construction in 1999. And now the Tennessee Titans are pushing for a brand new stadium. The price tag? Just over $2 billion. Some of that would come out of the pockets of Davidson County taxpayers. WPLN reporter Blaze Ganey checked in with a few taxpayers to see how they're feeling about plans for a new stadium.
2: I mean, we already have a stadium. (laughs) That's the way I feel. Would a new stadium be great? Sure, but do I think it's a great idea? No. So I would like to see public uh, money go going towards like better bike lanes and just making, you know, the city uh, a little more biker friendly. I mean not to mention the roads here. I mean, I, I, I swear to God there's so many potholes in this city and I'm like can we just use those funds to like take care of like the infrastructure and you know, things that need to be done. A billion dollars is a lot of money to spend, and then you're looking at two here.
3: It's a lot of money, and you know, what's wrong with this one?
2: My whole thing is, has a city ever made money like building a stadium, like anywhere in the U.S.? I feel like that's very rare. And I feel like with a growing city, we need to pretty much get our priorities in straight.
3: I see it as it's a $2 billion stadium, but it brings how many thousands of jobs if it's a dome they can have events all year long they can i mean if you think about what it costs to park and to pay for food and the tickets and the talent they bring in right here in nashville it's they're going to make their money back and some so maybe it's a two-year investment but what are they going to make it's it's going to be great for the revenue in the city because
4: i'm a titans fan that's the that's the only exception it was anything else like no It it might just you know Change a new look for them as a team. Yeah, because sports fans don't
0: care. You know, they they care about their team and and they're willing to pay the money. So
1: that was Barry Bright, Sandy and Buddy Betancourt and Edward Cowan. Joining me now to break down what this stadium would mean and just what it might cost is reporter Adam Sitchko from Nashville Business Journal. Adam, welcome to This is Nashville. Afternoon. Thanks for having me. So. Tell us about, let's start off with the numbers. I mean, what's the most recent cost estimate for the Titans and what they've given on the renovation of Nissan Stadium?
0: So the Titans, for a few years, have been looking at the prospect of renovating. And the last time they had a couple of construction companies revamp those numbers, what that would look like, that price tag had roughly doubled. Hmm. They thought they were in the ballpark of about $600 million to renovate the stadium. Uh, and now they feel like they're in the ballpark of roughly $1.2 billion just to renovate the stadium. How did they arrive at that number? Well, they've it, they hired uh, a couple of construction companies, Turner Construction and AECOM, and, and these two companies are uh, easily some of the largest construction companies in the nation. They've worked together and separately on a number of other professional stadiums. Uh, they jointly did uh, the new SoFi Stadium uh, in Los Angeles for the mm-hmm. NFL's Rams, $5 billion stadium, mm-hmm. uh, and so they drew on you know, their decades in the business, they drew on prices from subcontractors, and they were trying to look at both what it would cost to renovate the stadium, uh, and then what it would cost for potentially the rest of the life of the lease that the Titans have with Metro Nashville to keep that stadium under the terms of the lease at the standards that that lease requires. Is that approach they use the reason why it kind of went up by half and doubled so dramatically? I don't doubt that inflation is part of it. We've all been feeling that, and that is that story's playing out in the construction industry right now as well with both supplies and just uh, how increasingly difficult it is to get crews on site to do work. Uh, I also think they dug perhaps a layer or two deeper in looking at the specific structure of the stadium itself and would it bear that load of a full-scale revamp versus... You know, the other side, which is, is it smarter to instead demolish that stadium that was built in the 90s and do a totally new one instead and make that long term investment for a facility that could last 30 years or longer? OK, so you said the 90s when the stadium was built. Talk to explain to us the original lease agreement between the city and the Titans. So Metro owns the stadium, leases it to the Titans, and the the original term on that lease runs through the 2028 NFL season. Uh, So that's one important checkpoint. And the other important checkpoint is that the Titans in that lease have the ability to tack another 10 years onto it. So if they did that, Metro is looking at another 17 years or so uh, where the Titans would be under an active lease for that stadium. So as far as the $1.8 billion
1: figure that the Titans have given, would Metro be on the hook to pay for that?
0: Yes. A member of the sports authority uh, this spring asked the Titans for a number of both what it would cost to renovate the stadium and get it up to the standards outlined in the lease. And then thinking ahead to if they extended that lease into the late 2030s, what it would cost taxpayers to keep it uh, on par with comparable facilities around the country. And so that's that $1.8 billion figure is the number the Titans came back with as far as what taxpayers under the terms of the lease would be on the hook for. Okay, so one of the taxpayers we met, Buddy, pointed out, we
1: already have a stadium. What's wrong with the one we've got? So, Adam, break down for us the
0: difference at this point, cost-wise, between renovating and rebuilding. So the Titans, again, they have, when, when looking just at the renovation, they've, they've calculated that number has now roughly doubled to $1.2 billion. Um, th- the vast majority of that is what Metro would pay for about $918 million um, of of new work, as well as the fact that Metro is several years behind paying the Titans for work that's already been done under the terms of the lease. Metro owes the Titans almost $29 million oh. of work that's been done in the last several years, and then in addition would be spending $918 million more to renovate the existing stadium. Um, and then the other part of that figure is Well, what if the lease gets extended to the late 2030s? And and Metro taxpayers, again, are looking at another roughly $900 million, which is a bit harder number to forecast because you're looking so many years into the future. Um, But again, you're you're looking at a number that probably is a little bit conservative, frankly, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day when when looking at what that cost could be. You know, there have been rumblings about renovating or replacing Nissan
1: Stadium for a while now, but Governor Bill Lee made a recent announcement that really put the discussion back in the news cycle. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, and and that's really been a key moment in the conversation these last few months. Um, the governor put forward uh, what he wanted to do, which was $500 million from the state uh, toward construction of a new stadium that was enclosed with a dome or a roof. Uh, and the state legislature, there were some complaints about that and debate on the floor, but ultimately they approved it. And so part of this greater 2.2 or two billion dollar figure of what a new stadium would be, you know the state has allotted 500 million dollars if it's a new stadium. Mm-hmm. They've also allowed they passed a law allowing Metro to raise the taxes charged for people who book hotel rooms uh, by another percentage point and use that new revenue toward paying for, but again, contingent on paying for a new stadium, Another party, and this is the team, they've talked about um, about $700 million or so of private money being on the table, uh, largely from the Adams family, which is selling other assets that they own with an eye on contributing toward that cost of a potential new stadium. What purpose would a domed stadium serve? Uh, the, a lot of city and, and civic officials see the potential—I uh, heard you know, one of the taxpayers speaking about it uh, in their interview earlier—where there's the potential to host uh, even larger sporting events uh, and entertainment events than what we've already hosted here. Uh, one or probably more Super Bowls, mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't matter what the weather is outside, that gives the league more confidence to put more Super Bowls here. Uh, the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships would be another example— Um, And even, you know, the city is right now contending to try to be a host site for some World Cup matches uh, Mm -hmm. in 2026. Um, And you've got events, you know, the stadium out in Los Angeles, for example, is going to host a lot of Olympics related events. And that's, again, a stadium that's got that enclosure to it. So that's really the key distinguishing feature they see with the ability to have, um, you know, the, the ability to close it all in. You know, either decision
1: will cost billions of dollars, as we've established. But, you know, as we heard at the top of the segment, people think the money should, could and should be spent elsewhere on some of the city's more pressing needs. What have you gathered from some of the folks you've spoken with?
0: Uh, I think, and certainly, you know, a lot of the folks I speak with are in the business community and they understand contracts and leases pretty well. And I think, you know, when you look at how this lease is set up, it's pretty favorable toward the team which makes sense if you go back to the period in which it was written and Nashville was you know, trying to be a city on the rise and the, you know this, this rare opportunity to land an NFL franchise. Uh, but when you flash forward to the present day, uh, the, the reality is uh, that under the terms of this lease, Metro is on the hook for almost everything that goes into the stadium. Mm-hmm. T- the Titans pay for improvements to the luxury suites, and they pay for improvements to areas that only they use, which is basically the locker rooms and everything else ultimately routes back to the metro taxpayer and as part of what mayor cooper and the team have talked about in these negotiations they're having is doing a new lease that gets metro out of the expense of maintaining a stadium so do you have any questions for metro about what they're planning for this new stadium yeah you know i'll be i'll be tuning into the the other segment of this uh, show for sure to hear what the, the two council members have to say about it Um, this is going to be a month where this is under the spotlight. Um, Mm -hmm. Council has uh, votes on tap later this month for the city's budget and for a capital improvements budget that lays out a very broad framework of wish list construction projects for the next six years. And that, of course, one big piece of that is the potential for a new stadium. Or if they ultimately decide to go the route of renovating, that again is going to be some of that is going to be coming out of metros side of things. Speaking of renovating, how, how does renovating or replacing, you know, Nissan Stadium, how does that fit into larger plans for development on the East Bank? Yeah, that's a great question. This, the, this East Bank area, if you zoom the lens out, you're really talking about about 500 acres of land, you know, straight across the river from downtown and Germantown. And the stadium is one of the pillars, one of the landmarks in that area. Uh, other landmarks are going to include the, the large tech campus that Oracle Corp is going to be building on the waterfront. Uh, The PSC Metals uh, scrapyard is, of course, another longtime known landmark in that same footprint. Um, But that stadium um, is really an anchor of the broader vision for revamping and revitalizing all of what that East Bank could become and creating that new neighborhood from scratch. Uh, That's really at the center of... You know, realizing the potential of what that could be in the eyes of a lot of city leaders. That's Adam Sitchko, senior reporter for the Nashville
1: Business Journal. Adam, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll invite a few Titans fans to share their thoughts on a new stadium. Are you a Titans fan? Are you a local resident with questions about what a new stadium could mean for you? Tweet us at this is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Back in January, tens of thousands of fans braved the cold and packed Nissan Stadium to watch the Tennessee Titans take on the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Divisional Round of the NFL playoffs. I was right there with them. have the ball up there, 35. Tannehill takes the snap, throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, A.J. Brown. A.J.
4: Brown! Oh, yeah, baby! Yeah! Everybody like, you know, a big family. If you're a season ticket member, you bleed two-tone blue. That's right. You want to be here. You got to be here. Because this is the hottest ticket in town. It and started it. out,
5: what, in Memphis, came to
6: Vanderbilt. They Adelphia. We there. they Philadelphia we we Adelphia turned into LP Field. LP Field got bought out not by Nissan Stadium. Yeah, we we're here. There. We're Look not going nowhere. Yeah. Oh.
3: You seen that, baby! Yeah!
1: Touchdown, Titans, Derrick Henry. Okay. That was kind of a sad day. The season ended when the Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson, nailed a 52-yard field goal as time expired. But if you're a football fan like me, you know that the feeling of defeat quickly gives way to the excitement for the coming season. My next guests know that feeling all too well. Joining me now are a few serious Titans fans. Stephanie Perkins is the founder of Ladies of Titans Twitter, and she was the Titans nominee for 2021 NFL fan of the year contest. Eric Insignares is a longtime Titans fan, and Alex, Mr. Titan Fernandez, is a YouTuber who dedicates his content to all things Tennessee Titans. Really want to thanks to you all for being here. So, Stephanie, let's start off with you. How did you become such a fan of the Titans?
6: Well, it started off very early on. Um, I'm gonna honestly say maybe 11 or 12. Um, It was just as the Titans defense was really picking up off the ground. Anyone who was, everyone did not want to see this team at all. You know, it was just insane between, you know, Kevin uh, and bandage against um, Albert Hainsworth, who is my absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Jarrell Casey, um, who I followed pretty much for his entire career once he got drafted. So, grown up, just loving, loving the Titans. When I really got into football, um, I was a daddy's girl. So it definitely, um, kind of found its way into my heart and has stayed ever since.
1: Now it takes some real dedication to be a nominee for NFL fan of the year. So tell me what's your relationship with the Titans? What has that been like?
6: Um, it's been absolutely, I couldn't, it's hard to put into words because growing up, loving the team as much as I have, and then to have them on a call, um, a shout out to uh, Lance, um, Lance Smith, to have them, for them to tell me that they saw me as somebody who could represent their entire fan base has been completely humbling, uh, to say the least. Um, working with them through this year, I've gotten to know a lot of people, uh, the ins and out. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that maybe not, the, uh, not every fan gets the opportunity to see, but I've been able and very fortunate enough um, to not only be able to share that with people I've grown to love, but also my son, who also is growing up, loving the team as well, uh, to be able to be on the field And step on the same area where I've watched all my favorite Titans players play on. Yeah, Um, absolutely humbling.
1: So, Alex, let me see if I've got this right. You are a diehard Titans fan and you attend home games at Nissan Stadium, but you live in Texas. Is that right?
4: Yes, sir. Absolutely. 100 percent. Okay, tell me, how did this happen? Uh, just been a diehard fan since they actually moved to um, to uh, Tennessee and stuff. Um, again, my dad was a big uh, big uh, Dolphins fan, and I kind of wanted to separate from my whole family being Dolphin fans. Wanted my own, uh, you know, my own journey and stuff like that. And again, my favorite position in football is running back. So when I saw Eddie George and how he played, I mean, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with the team and. I've been a Titans fan ever since, man.
1: Okay, that's that's dedication. Now, Eric, you're a lifelong Titans fan. You were born and raised here in Nashville. So tell me, what do you remember about the announcement that your city was getting an NFL team?
3: Hey, first of all, thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, so when, when the Titans were announced, or uh, well, I say the Oilers were announced to come, uh, you know, Kind of like my friend here, I was a Dolphins fan uh, or his father say I was a Dolphins fan originally because we did not have a football team here. And so, you know, when I heard the opportunity of that coming, I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be great. You know, maybe we can play the Dolphins. That's, you know, where my teenage my teenage mind was the point. But when it finally started to come into view that, you know, this was really happening and the potential of you know a team making a playoff run or getting to the Super Bowl, it was really exciting. You know, I mean, and there was a point at which there you know there were people certainly that didn't want you know the team here that even scoffed and you know complained when we finally got them and they were having to play out in Memphis and play at Vanderbilt and you know kind of just here and there, but you know at a certain point, as they say, you know winning covers a, a multitude of sins, mm. and so as the team started to pick up steam and then of course, you know, Eddie George, you know, you know, Heisman trophy winner, uh, you know, being a force there, Steve McNair being, you know, the, the just every man's, you know, player, uh, grilling it out every week, no matter what that really sort of galvanized the city. And once the music city miracle happened, it's like everything just took off into the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, from, from my point of view, uh, I had, a family friends that were that played integral parts in trying to get the titans here and you know getting people to get on board with that so i got to see that uh sort of behind the scenes work being done as well and uh i remember you know once the team started practicing out at tsu i remember being over at the subway that's over there uh and or they used to be over there and um, steve mcnair was right in front of me this is just like rookie season my mom tapped me on the shoulder. It's like, that's Steve McNair. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I remember him signing a napkin. He was so gracious and, <laughs> you know, just, I guess, happy that somebody, you know, recognized him straight out of college uh, to want to get his autograph. It was it was great. It yep. was great. And it's, you know, it, it's been great ever since.
1: There's another couple of other great Titans, Frank Wycheck and Javon Curse from that era as well. Now, Stephanie, yes. for anyone who hasn't been, tell us. What's it like attending a Titans game here at our home stadium?
6: I'm going to tell you it absolutely. It's life-changing. You will never want, it's hard to watch a game on TV after you have experienced a Nissan stadium. I mean, we have some of the best fans that I've come across in a long time. Um, uh, and it's and it's so cool. I mean, not only is the atmosphere electric, you are just engulfed in friendly hospitality. You know, you may not know the person next to you, but I guarantee you at a Titans game, you're going to be best friends by the time you leave. Hmm. Um, you'll go through the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, because you do know the Titans love to take us on a roller coaster through an entire game. So that's just that's just the way it goes. But it's just so fun. It's very interactive. Um I, I, since i have a six-year-old it is a little bit different for me um but i will tell you this um i haven't encountered even a bad opposing fan uh just because of the atmosphere that we create there as titans fans in that stadium um and so i've met fans that you know treat my child just like their own and it It makes me very happy.
1: If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil A. Colonna. We're talking this hour about our NFL stadium as the Titans push for a new stadium in its place. Join the conversation by tweeting us your thoughts at ThisIsNashville. Now, Nissan Stadium has been around for 23 years. And while, you know, that's not ancient, it's a little old for NFL standards. Alex, you know, as somebody who attends games... On a regular basis, you fly in from Texas. Have you seen the stadium showing its age, so to speak?
4: Um, some parts, especially if you're one fan who likes to travel uh, across the country to see other, you know, away games. I've gone to Houston. I've been to uh, obviously the Dallas Stadium when we played them Monday night a couple years back. Again, we saw I saw them in Tampa. And yeah, you can, you start seeing a couple of things that you notice from other stadiums. You start comparing other stadiums, comparing to Nissan stadium. And I think the eye opener to me was, um, the playoff game where we hosted the Bengals. I mean, again, I was at the game. Don't like to, to talk about it that much, but there was one mm. thing that actually happened at the game, which it kind of was like an eye opener. I had to go to the bathroom. Um, I tried to go in halftime, but the lines were so long. There was it was just it was unbearable. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I waited on like maybe well after halftime, maybe it'll happen. Maybe third, midway third quarter. Went back. The line was still long. So again, something small like that, but something that caught my attention was even in the Houston uh, stadium, there was multiple bathroom. Uh, opportunities you can go to. There was a bunch. I didn't feel like there was only limited to bathroom. I I know it's a weird kind of example, but it's one that kind of caught my attention at the the playoff game last year.
1: Now I get it. It makes sense. You're selling concessions, particularly beer. Bathroom access is highly important. Uh, Stephanie, what have you you noticed about the stadium and its changes over the years?
6: Uh, For me personally, um, like Alex, I've been to the, the one other stadium. I've had the, blessed opportunity to go to a sofa uh, when I was able to go to the Super Bowl. So I got to see a basically new state-of-the-art stadium and all of its glory. Obviously, you know, cities differ. We're not as big as LA. So I wanted to present, understand that our stadium is not going to look like that, but it was just the ebbs and flows, like the concessions. They had um, concessions every, it seems like, You would go up to the different levels all the way to the top and there was concessions by every stairs versus um, maybe going on one side and it be on one area and it would be in the middle. And then by the time you would get your food, you would get seated. Third quarter was already halfway over Mm -hmm. by the time you got in and you weren't really able to have that moment to enjoy your food or, you know, maybe see some other people. The space, it was really the space for me is what stood out the most.
1: Now, Eric, let me ask you, what are you concerned about if the city decides to build a new stadium?
3: Well, I think that uh, what I what I'd be concerned about is probably what most people, whether they are for or against the stadium would be, which is, you know, how would spending the money affect other areas that, you know, that we need to focus on like how does it how does it look towards you know taking money away from spending it on things you know for the kids, uh infrastructure. I mean infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. We can talk about the potholes all day long. Um, how would it, you know, how would it affect dealing with neighborhoods and some different things need to happen within the construction of neighborhoods um, that you know that we've seen. So I think those would be my, you know, some of my bigger concerns is do the dollars make sense? Um, one other that's kind of a wrinkle here, TSU. You know, how does TSU get affected? Because they've, you know, they've had a a, a strong tie with the stadium. Uh, I realize, you know, obviously they're playing, you know, more games in the, uh, you know, at the, at the school now. But how do, you know, how are they affected by this? What benefit could they get? Uh, so those those are some key points that, you know, I think that we need to, address and need to have in check before we move forward. I know we've been given the opportunity to put forth that we're going to put forth this X amount of dollars. The mayor said, you know, the, that the city is not going to fork, fork over more than, you know, what they've already, what we've already agreed upon, but things happen, issues come up, mm-hmm. you know, you start squinting and turning your head to the right <laughs> to try and make it spit the square peg in the round hole because you've already gone down, down the path. How do we mitigate some of those issues?
1: That is Tennessee Titans fan Eric Insignares. He was joined by Stephanie Perkins and Alex, Mr. Titan Fernandez. Thanks to you all for being here. And look, look, y'all, no hard feelings when my New York Giants march into Giants Stadium into Nissan Stadium, sorry, in September and get the win. I hope to see you all at the game. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. We're going to <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When yeah. we come back, we'll invite a few elected officials to weigh in. Do you think the city should spend billions on a new Nissan Stadium? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil E. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We've been talking this hour about what the future holds for for the downtown Nissan Stadium. After a few decades, the home of the Tennessee Titans is not aging gracefully. That's why now it's time to decide, repair or replace. Before the break, we invited a few diehard fans to weigh in. But what are the city's commitments? To explain and break down renovating versus rebuilding, we're joined by a few of our local elected officials. Brett Withers is council member for District 6, where Nissan Stadium resides. And Freddie O'Connell is council member for District 19, who has recently announced that he is running for mayor in next year's election. Council members Withers and O'Connell, thank you both very much for being here today. Okay, so let's get back to why we're having this conversation in the first place. Council member O'Connell. Why is the lease agreement like this?
5: Well, I think you heard Adam speak a little bit to this. This, you know, When this original lease agreement was struck, um, it was in an era when, let's say, Nashville's prospects for growth, its um, civic furniture, to use a, a Phil Bredesen coinage, um, was not as established, right? And so I think there was a sense of if we don't do something uh, very compelling, very attractive for... A team, then it's going to be very difficult to attract a team, even if there is a commitment around a stadium. So um, I think you heard Adam speak to a, a lease agreement that was actually pretty favorable terms for a team and maybe less favorable terms, especially over the long term for a city. Well, why can't we change it? <laughs> well, that's when the lawyers get involved, right? As uh, It's a, it's effectively a contract, right? And so um, we can change it, but in order to do that, uh, either it gets settled in court or the two parties to the lease agreement uh, voluntarily agree to change it. Okay, so now the proposal for a new stadium um, in just the beginning
1: of a total overhaul of the Cumberland River East Bank. We're talking about more than 100 acres of public land. Stand Up Nashville conducted a survey to get the community input on the East Bank development process. Their report shows 92% of residents that they spoke with wanted to see, quote, a walkable neighborhood with affordable housing and independent business. Councilmember Withers, this is your district. Yes. What are your thoughts about hearing those survey results from the community?
7: Uh, I agree with those uh, sentiments. Uh, And for the East Bank Planning Study as a whole, I I want to remind everyone that the East Bank Planning Study looks at not just the 100 or so acres that uh, is in the Nissan stadium campus, but about 300 acres, going all the way up to Jefferson Street and connecting to what's called River North. And a few years ago, the city did a very similar planning study for the River North area where, where now Oracle is gonna go, but they mapped out uh, street grids, water infrastructure, a lot of utilities and things that would be needed for future growth. And that is exactly what we're doing for the, the balance of the East Bank from Jefferson Street all the way down. And that includes all the way down to and including the PSC metal site, for instance. We're also looking at what infrastructure needs are for bridge connectivity to get to and from downtown as an, as an East Nashville resident right now to get uh, from 5th and Main to the courthouse uh, could take a lot of time right. because of the way that the interstate was constructed when it was back in the sixties in a manner that was not favorable to east nashville So, for the east bank planning study we're looking at all of that utility and street grid and multimodal transportation planning for that whole about three hundred acres and hopefully that will benefit uh, even the interstate design as well as connectivity between and among the neighborhoods but the vision it absolutely is to Put the infrastructure in place that's needed to build walkable neighborhoods in the East Bank, uh, to have um, civic uses that might be needed. And while we cannot legislate that we would like to have uh, local independent businesses, we know that those are very favored, uh, but we can, uh, as a city at least, uh, after we have that uh, infrastructure in place, we can begin to sort of try to attract that in some different ways. And one actually that I would point out that, uh, that I'm very proud of having worked with the Titans for, for many, many years is, that's something that I, that I push a lot as well. And I know the Titans worked with uh, Slim and Huskies Mm. um worked with them to get their uh their business delivery you know product delivery model up to NFL standards so that they could be an offering there in Nissan Stadium and that's given uh, a local black owned business Uh, much greater exposure to the nation and the world uh, by way of that stadium. And so that, I think, is a good model of a way that we can work with the Titans or other private property owners or or other entities sometimes to really help to elevate and and grow capacity for small local businesses and especially for black-owned businesses.
1: What have your constituents said to you about the possibilities of a new stadium going up in your backyard, essentially?
7: You know, um, uh, District 6 has... um, was front and center for this discussion uh, when, when it happened. Um, Uh, I'm blessed that the district six council member, uh, Jeff Ackerman was in from 91 to 95 when we began a project that was called the East Bank redevelopment district to look at the area as a whole, uh, district six council member Eileen Behan, uh, was the council member when the stadium negotiations happened and she worked closely with the neighborhoods. And, and to me, it's a real blessing to have those council members who were, uh, in discussions with the neighborhoods are still constituents and even friends and advisors of mine. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that brings a lot of, um, uh, uh, institutional memory I- into the discussion that we have in East Nashville. And so a lot of our, our neighborhoods, uh, the the biggest concern I think that most people have is that they feel like the lease that we have is is not favorable to Nashville, and they want whatever new lease is, is in place Something to be f- at least better uh, than that, and hopefully to solve problems. And so... Well, but question, what about the people who
1: think that the funds sh- should be used for more pressing needs, like infrastructure?
7: That's a great question. So as Adam mentioned, the the funding from uh, the fund, we have a lease obligation already, but the funding that Governor Lee put in uh, to his budget from the state for about $500 million, that can only be used for a new stadium and only one with a dome. So those dollars are not available even for renovation. They're also not uh, available for education funding, which I mean, I would have... Preferred that our state fund education more than they did, right? But but that's just not a decision that we can make. But I, I do want to get back to that piece about infrastructure. Is that with the East Bank planning study as a whole, we're hoping to have mixed uses. We're hoping to have a lot of residential. Some numbers, I think even uh, even Stand Up Nashville calls for thousands of of residential units to be built on the East Bank where none exist today. All of those things do require infrastructure. And what we are doing as a city on our end is looking at working with the planning department, the Tennessee Department of Transportation to figure out how are we going to get all these people in and out of their houses once they're built Mm -hmm. um, with with what infrastructure is needed. And I think that is an appropriate expenditure for the city and the state to work on uh, once we get that design work done. I tell people, I really need the Titans to put every dollar that they can into the actual stadium. Uh, and they're they're kind of straining to do that, but that that is really where my focus is on with negotiating with the Titans, to have them uh, relieve as much of that fiscal burden as possible.
1: Now, Councilmember O'Connell, you're the East Bank is in your district, but I'm curious what your constituents have to say about the cost of a new stadium.
5: Sure, and it's interesting because after redistricting, there is sort of more a unified Riverfront in the future District 19. So, um, for whoever succeeds me um, as a District 19 representative, this will be a, a top of mind concern for them. Um, I, I mean, I'm hearing from people the full mix, right? I'm hearing. Uh, several people uh, excited about the prospect of a new stadium, but I'm also hearing uh, things you've already identified and things we've heard on air today where there's a sense of priorities, right? And, and I, I think I heard you say just over $2 billion, but if you look at what's actually in the capital improvements budget right now, it's $2.2 billion for the stadium alone plus an associated $500 million in infrastructure. I guess, you know, and, and so we've we've dug into that a little bit, um, but I, I have some questions about that that I think are, are very much on the mind of of several of my constituents. And uh, the, the first and foremost is, right, when the Titans went to the sports authority and asserted that the cost of this first class notion was $1.8 billion, it was astonishing to me to watch the mayor's office effectively just stare at that and kind of nod in approval and and not say, well, we're going to figure this out. Because to me, the very starting point of any negotiation to Council Member Withers' point has to be to understand not just what our legal liability is under the existing lease agreement, but also what our fiscal liability is. And if we don't know that, we can't negotiate. Uh, so that's that's got to be sort of point number one. Um, on this spectrum of priorities, I think as you're talking about infrastructure. If we're committing $500 million in public infrastructure to the East Bank, what I would be wondering if I'm somebody who lives in, you know, Hermitage, Old Hickory, Jolton, Bellevue, uh, Cane Ridge, Antioch, is are we going to make sure that we get $500 million of infrastructure citywide? Because there are parts of this city that desperately need infrastructure improvement. That's anything from... Uh, improvements in transit service to uh, just sidewalks in people's neighborhoods to stormwater.
1: Along those lines, one of our listeners tweeted us and said, Metro should conduct their own due diligence and produce an estimate for comparison. I fundamentally agree with that. Will that happen is the question.
5: Uh, it's, it's a good question. It's unclear to me if uh, a majority of our colleagues will agree with that. It seems like the mayor's office does not intend to do that at this time.
1: Okay,
7: so let, let's get back. Council Member Withers, I'd like to see do you think that will happen? Uh, I'm I'm not certain that it will. The mayor's office has commented they won't. I, I think what I would say is that um, we definitely need to dig into those numbers a little bit more. But however, the uh, the two separate entities that provided the cost estimates are are res- very respected in that industry, and so I, I think that folks who are. Uh, a little bit more knowledge about reading those expenses uh, could take a look at it uh, to to vet it. My sense from the mayor's office is that they do not feel that they are going to come up with a number that is significantly different than that from an additional um, party, but that is up to the mayor's office.
5: Well, and yet we have this 2017 study that you may have seen. I mean, so this is five years old and it is nowhere close to a $1.8 billion estimate. Well, let me ask a question about this original lease agreement. What can... Metro Council
1: do with that lease agreement now? How does it impact what Metro Council does? The
7: the Metro Sports Authority is the main party uh, for the lease because they uh, as an authority they manage uh, leases with all of our sports facilities that, that we have in town and some other facilities. So the, the bulk of that lift really lies with the Metro Sports Authority. Metro Council, I think still has to sign off on something at some point, but the Metro Sports Authority will be taking a, a close look as additional details come out. Um, I've been able to attend two of those, those Metro Sports Authority meetings. I think our Sports Authority members are asking great questions. Um, one, uh, uh, sports authority member Dan Hogan, for instance, is the sports authority member who asked for additional information about, about that lease obligation to that, that prompted the meeting that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think the metro sports authority is also looking at ways to say that even though they don't uh, regulate things like affordable housing per se, that there is an awareness on, on the sports authority that we do have pressing needs in the city uh, that need to be taken up. So, I. My sense is that the sports authority will handle the majority of the negotiation of the lease itself, but Metro Council will definitely be tuning in and we will have to sign off on on whatever is ultimately agreed on.
1: If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville and I'm your host, Khalil lake We're talking this hour about the future for the downtown home of our Tennessee Titans. My guests are Metro Council members Brett Withers of District 6 and Freddie O'Connell of District 19. Okay, so I, I'm I'm really interested in... The conversations that either of you have had with the Tennessee Titans themselves—I mean, what has the tenor of those conversations been like,
5: if you've had them, Council Member O'Connell? Yeah, this this has been interesting because we we went pretty quickly from uh, a conversation that started, including in public, about renovations to the existing facility, and that was um, you know on the order of six hundred million dollars is where that conversation started just a few weeks ago, really. And then we moved pretty quickly to this. Well, it's actually going to be a, a $2.2 billion new stadium. The tenor has been, uh, you know, I, I would say, insofar as you can gauge something, is I do think that the Titans, um, with their current ownership and management structure, are very interested in being partners to the city. They are going to have uh, skin in the game. But I also feel like. Um, they've been driving the conversation so far this I, I think to me I'm looking at it as how can we make this a conversation about um, not just what is good for the East Bank but what is good for the city uh, you know talk about it from the standpoint of what's good for the city and how Metro can contribute I mean you know I I have not really dug in yet to the question of how is this going to impact uh, current uh, permanent seat license holders right and those kinds of questions and average Nashvilleans right now, Many of them are those PSL holders. And I think that's going to be harder to attain down the road. And we should have that conversation as well. What's the case for renovations in
1: the first place? I mean, we've been getting some tweets during this episode asking, is this
7: really necessary? The uh, stadium, when it was constructed in the mid-90s, was basically constructed out of prefabricated concrete panels. And those are very difficult uh, to uh drill into for instance so the stadium itself uh, the structure of the stadium being constructed out of aging prefabricated concrete panels has concrete that is uh, Disintegrating rebar that's disintegrating a lot of those basic structural elements uh, are in poor condition and every year what that's one of the things that Burke now from the titans discussed is the Titans keep trying to patch that up just to keep it together. And that costs a very large amount of dollars every single year, just for that piece. The other thing about it for the NFL uh, requiring that stadiums meet first class conditions or just current standards is that um, we live in such a much more digital age today where you have so much more uh, communications, equipment and needs and things of that nature than you did. Uh, Even a few years ago, it was primarily television when the, when the, The stadium open, and so trying to retrofit the stadium just to support a lot of those kind of needs is very difficult. You've also, as you had a great discussion with folks before about just basic amenities of the facility to support, you know, users of the stadium having uh, uh, access to restrooms and things like that. Those are all all very. Uh, important things that are difficult to retrofit into uh, an existing building, especially one that is made out of primarily of prefabricated concrete. So let me ask
1: you, if a new stadium were to be built, would the city be able to negotiate a new lease agreement? Yes. What would you like to see in that lease agreement?
7: That, that, that's a great question. Uh, the, the main thing I, for me about this this opportunity to build a new stadium, at the same time that we're also looking at the infrastructure needs for future growth for the East Bank, is to figure out, uh, in addition to a stadium that could could last for a while, what else do we need in that area? I know one thing that we really need is, in general, is transit. So, like, what what is the opportunity to make the stadium work with some sort of a high high capacity transit line, so that we can finally get people finally able to come to the stadium other than driving a car? And by the way, the public can use that transit. The rest of the time as well so for me it's trying to figure out what adjacent things that we need do we need schools do we need daycares do we need you know what are the things that that will really benefit the community that we can incorporate either into the stadium facility itself or have strategically located nearby that really do begin to meet the needs of people especially if we're hoping to add several thousand housing units nearby and turn that into a series of neighborhoods? What are the civic uses and that, that kind of human infrastructure that we're going to need to make those neighborhoods be livable and successful?
1: Councilmember Locano, what would you like to see pending a new agreement and a new stadium? What would you like to see in that lease agreement?
5: I think I'm I'm pretty close to the same page as Councilmember Withers. Um, uh, uh, so it's, it's a little hard to be sitting here too because we don't even know the terms of a proposed deal yet, right? And so it's we're kind of having to imagine the contours of it based on some of the initial figures we have. Obviously, we don't want to wind up in a position, right? So I look at templates that we've already got out there. And to me, um, maybe the most successful we've seen recently has been Bridgestone Arena, where uh, Mayor Briley and the Predators uh, struck a deal that ended taxpayer liability uh, and ensured that the Predators would use that facility uh, till 2049 um that they ended a, an 8 to 10 million dollar year over year uh, subsidy for that and they converted it all into a user fee basis right so if if you have a pathway to ending metro liability and then you look at again another template geodis park um, we dramatically reduced metro's infrastructure liability there and yet secured major infrastructure improvements so i think as we go through this it really is a question of let's make sure we're doing things that meet the not just the east bank uh, in that footprint's needs, but that entire riverfront, connecting that tissue, connecting it further into East Nashville, uh, and then delivering those services that we know that are needed, everything from uh, childcare to uh, public schools and community safety, the things that we are hearing every day from Nashvillians.
1: Now, I know we have a lease group agreement, and we're bound to that by law, but how are the people who really are struggling right now and today, how are they supposed to reconcile with spending this money on a new entertainment facility?
7: What it comes down to is that uh, this would be a very different conversation if this were a new league uh, and a new sport coming in for a new stadium and we have the, those as well that are that are coming to to Nashville and looking around but we do, we just it's just is a, a point of law that we have this this obligation and the best that we can do uh, is to uh, reduce if not if not entirely eliminate the obligation that Metro taxpayers have to our general fund and hopefully also create you know, jobs and other infrastructure and other opportunities so I, that's the thing about it is like i understand people thinking like it's it's this funding for a new stadium but we have a we have debt de- obligations on a stadium today and how can we reduce or eliminate that obligation is the main focus, I think, of the Metro Council and hopefully all, all, all Metro entities. Well, Council
5: member O'Connell. Yeah, and coming back to the templates we have already, Right, when we built Geotis Park, we knew a couple of things. That too looked to create a mixed use neighborhood around it, but we knew we were gonna get uh, some guarantees about affordable housing, some guarantees about wages. And I think you have to be able to draw uh, bright straight lines, not just from the hey, um this net out on a balance sheet but actually uh, here is exactly what's going to happen there are people who are civil servants or uh, work in the hospitality industry and we know for a fact that there are going to be uh, housing options available for them somewhere in or near this footprint that will be attainable to them and i think that's that's sort of again it's like i'm not i'm looking at the the fiscal implications of this deal, but I'm also looking at uh, how are we measuring the public benefit?
1: That is Metro Council member of District 19, Freddie O'Connell, and Metro Council member Brett Withers from District 6. Thanks to you both for being with us today. Thanks, for it WPLN politics reporter Blaze Ganey spoke to public policy experts and sports economists to better understand plans to renovate or replace Nissan Stadium. That story will air tomorrow on Morning Edition, so tune in. We want to thank everyone who tuned in this hour. Tomorrow, we've got a show about our furry family members, our pets. Tune in. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert, and Tasha A.F. Lemley. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos-Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tudhope. Laurent and Namir Blade made our music. Special thanks to Willie Sims and Blaze Ganey. Tweet us at thisisnashville to get more from us, and we want to hear what you have to say about the show. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil A. Colonna. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.